leaving the Grand Strand. This is the Bearded Carcast. I am like the Chico. Dave Friedman is in the car as well. That could be wheel me in. Yeah, there looks like there's a lot of debris and some... Uh, looks like we missed an accident. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of glass in the roadway as we stick handle out of <laughs> stick handle. the HTC Center and the coastal campus and we depart back for... Uh, Charlotte area. We should probably start announcing who's driving when we're, when we're actually on the road. But anyway, Dave's driving today. Do you think anyone cares? Yeah, I think I bet Carlisle's cares. Oh. All right, thanks, Carl. Don't you think somebody? I mean, I'm uh, somebody. Yes, I'm not saying most. Okay. I mean, Some. do more people care about who's driving when we record the bearded carcast, or do more people care? About Jeff Lara's streak of 400 oh, individual Starbucks. That's a good call. Probably the Starbucks. Maybe the driving. Who knows? But anyway, we're making our way back uh, after a <laughs> 74-64 Winthrop loss on the road at Coastal Carolina. A game that really boiled down to two two areas, really. It was uh, rebounding. Winthrop got out-rebounded. And uh, along with that came second chance points. And then Winthrop did not shoot well from a percentage standpoint from the three-point line, or numbers-wise, they didn't make enough threes. Those two factors, I think, combined for loss. And then uh, that Williams kid had a career night, 30, 30 and 10 for Coastal Carolina. He just transferred from Kansas State. Tough, tough matchup for Winthrop. And Coastal was better. Coastal's players played harder, executed better. It really reminds me a lot of the Middle Tennessee State game. I mean, Middle Tennessee State is far from the best team in their conference. Coastal somewhere in the middle of the Sun Belt. But they've got bigger guys. They've got yeah. longer guys. They were playing at home, and they were better. And, and that's not to say that Winthrop can't beat either of those teams. If Winthrop gets one of those teams at home, I think Winthrop has a very good chance of beating them. But Winthrop kind of got punched in the face late in the first half. It was a close game. Winthrop led early. It was tied. It was back and forth. And Costa went on, what was it, a 15-2 run or something like, like that. that. Yeah. And it kind of felt that the game right there slipped out of Winthrop's hands. And they did a nice job of fighting. And they got it down to yeah. five or six on more than one occasion. But Coastal would get an offensive rebound, would convert a turnover into a bucket. And Winthrop had several opportunities to get it down to a one-possession game. And... I, the, the numbers that you mentioned, they just speak for themselves. Winthrop was down, was minus 20 rebounds with like four or five minutes to yeah. go. And they, they were plus five at the end. But yeah. they, they got absolutely punished on the boards. And the fast break points. Coastal converted a lot of opportunities. And Coastal was better. And for 50 years, this has been Cliff Ellis's deal. They, they want to intimidate. They want to out-tough. They want to physical they want to turn you over and well they didn't do that the entire 40 minutes they did it for enough of it for stretches of it yeah and they were very effective pulling away when they and they, they got that they got that big bucket or that big turnover or that big loose every ball time when they, they needed, needed it. it and winter early in the game or in the first half was sloppy there were several kind of turnovers that that were immediately leading immediately. to scores. And I mean like bad outlet passes yeah. leading to layups or bad inbound bad inbounds, passes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's 
you know, they, it, it is what it is. Sometimes that's going to happen. And they, they, you know, Winthrop kind of played what I would call a C minus sort of game, a C game. Other than Patrick Good, who hit five threes, Winthrop's only five made threes of the game. The rest of the team was 0 for 13. Yeah. And DJ was DJ, and he, he was effective on the low block. Other than those two guys, nobody really played a great game. I, I think we saw good moments from Russell Jones. Um, defensively, Mike Numba fouled out. Chase Claxton had his minutes, but uh, other than those two, Winthrop didn't have much of a game, and it, it has to be said, this is a team that we thought going into the year was really, really deep. I continue to think they're really, really deep at the four and the five. Kelton Talford is playing yeah. consistently Terrific. quality minutes. Corey Hightower wasn't very good today, but he's been very good most of the season, DJ is good. Chase is a, a defensive dynamo. But the other positions, the guard positions, the wing positions, they're getting almost nothing from Josh Corbin. They're getting almost nothing from Sincere McMahon. And while Micah Numba is a great defensive player, he is a role player offensively, a capable player, but not a guy that you're going to ask to shoot in great volume. Drew Bugs is kind of the same. He had that big offensive game against yeah. Hartford, but he's more of an initiator, and that leaves an awful lot of onus on Patrick Good. They need more offense mm -hmm. out of one of those young shooters. Yeah, or Russ jo Russell Jones, too. Yeah, and, and yeah. Russ has been, uh, of that group, Russ is far and away been the best offensive player, but he, he's more of a, a utility guy. He's great in the press, and he can run the one, he can play off the ball, he can hit some threes, but I think he's best in a 15 to 20 minute a night role, an energy role, yeah. leading the press. They, they need one of those guys that's on the roster to shoot, to shoot it in, and they certainly have that opportunity. No, no doubt about it, and I think you know, one of the things we said on the broadcast as we were closing is, and again, this is something we said all along, this team's going to be fine, especially in Big South play. There's still some games out there in the non-conference schedule, but the non-D1s that Winthrop has, you know, a shot at, you know, a, you know, more than a punter's chance. So, you know, I think this is a game that builds, helps, you know, this was kind of the iron sharpens iron type of game that Pat Kelsey used to talk about. I think this is something that, you know, yeah, you don't like to lose these games, but, you know, the spirit was there. The aggressiveness was there. They just, you know, at times it was a little short, but overall, you know, they're going to be fine moving forward. Oh, by I, the way, stop. Sub subway. There's a subway right there. Oh, great. A subway. Wow. You don't see them every day. Like, like Starbucks. Yeah. You, just, you, just, you just don't see them every day. Um... I was talking to someone close to the program the other day after the win against Hartford, and we were kind of talking about the non-conference season and what we had thought before the year began and what we were thinking now. And we kind of felt the whole way like one of those four guarantee games would be a signature win. If yeah. you beat Vanderbilt or Mississippi State right. or Washington or Washington State, you get one of those and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And they got... Washington, so you've got that in the bag. And you knew you had all of these kind of okay, good, solid, some very good mid-major programs, and you were going to need to get several of those. And 
Hartford certainly hasn't gotten off to a good start this year. They're going to get a bunch of guys back. We think they're going to be, end up being a decent American East team. You got that win. You lost to Middle Tennessee State. That was disappointing. And you kind of looked at the rest of the, the non-conference schedule. Elon, Coastal Carolina, Furman, and, and you feel like you have to have one of those. You team up with Hartford, yeah. and this was before that game, and we we're like, you gotta have two out of these four. You would love to have three out of the four. If Winthrop were to exit the non-conference season, let's say they beat the two non-ones that they still have on the schedule, right. whoever those are, Carver, Carver and, and um, Converse or something like something, that. Yeah. You, you beat those two teams, and you win one out of two between Elon and Furman, and you lose to Mississippi State, and no one is jumping up and down and celebrating. You're not getting an at-large berth to the NCAA tournament, but you've probably done enough if you're fortunate to win the Big South Conference tournament to stay out of the playing sure. game yeah. and probably be somewhere, depending upon what your record is in the Big South, in that 15 seed range, yeah. maybe a 14 seed, that's the whole point of the exercise. It, it, it's to get that 14 seed that wins 15% of their first round NCAA tournament games. And, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what the Big South looks like. But, like, I think there's understandably reasons that you're like, man, they were 23-2 and two last year. Yeah, but the best two teams they played were UNC Greensboro yeah. and Furman. Now, that, that takes nothing away from the team. Chandler Vaudrin had a magical season, and the team as a whole had, had, had a really special, fun year. But you know when the season begins and you look at the schedule, how many opponents this year were as good or better than the best team you played last year, and, and it's a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a lot of them. So I, I'm not I'm not down on Winthrop. You, you would have liked to to have kind of. I I hate when you get big boy. I hate yeah. when you get out rebound. I hate when you get out hustled to 50-50 balls. But the point of the non-conference is to play good teams, to improve, to work on your resume, and to have you ready for the beginning of January. And if you beat Furman next week and you beat Elon, I call the non-conference season a success. If you split those games, I think it's kind of par for the course. And if you lose them both, you're kind of licking your wounds thinking, yeah, you know, Beating Washington was great, but we really didn't do the job against the mid-major teams that we, we think we should be really competitive against. Right, but it all, you know, and, and we can talk to we're blue in the face about all this, but what really boils down to is Big South play. Now, granted, you want to win as much of these games as possible, but uh, that's what you're getting ready for. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, it's it's a long season. There'll be a lot of twists and turns, and, and you need to beat the the Campbells and the Radfords and the North Carolina A and T's. And these games, playing teams that have great length, playing teams that mix up their defenses, that that's a good good barometer and a good learning experience for the conference season. It, no, the one thing it does, and that this is probably not a big deal to the opposing Big South teams, but there is a psychological component to this. I mean. You know, Winthrop's got a huge target on their back, but 
you know, coaches can say, hey, look, you know, they did, you know, five and four, you know, six and five in, in non-conference. You know, th- there's something that teams can use to kind of prop themselves up to, to, you know, try to get their teams motivated to – not motivated, but, you know, to convince their teams that they, they got a chance or they, or they, can, yeah. they can win. Uh, absolutely. The Grand Strand. This is the Bearded Carcast. Mike Chico, Dave Friedman, on our way back from Coastal Carolina at Bearded Carcast. That's how you follow along on Twitter. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. Is I want the, the email. But the uh, yeah, we had. Uh, so if the I, I would like the audience to think about this for yeah. just a minute. Charlotte to Conway, where we live in Charlotte, or Rock Hill to Conway. A little over three hours. Right. No, this three, is, three this and a half. Burns your three, three and a half hours. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Game was at one o'clock today. I like to get to the gym between two and three hours yes. before a tip-off. Yes. How do you drive? As in, when do you come to the game? And make note that the team stays in Myrtle Beach, which is 20 to 25 minutes past Conway. So the options are, and I was working yesterday afternoon, so the options were travel yesterday morning, leave at like 7, 8 a.m., something like that, come down to the hotel, and then you're here from that point until the game, then come back after the game. Or... You can leave in the evening, Friday evening, get into Conway or Coastal or Myrtle Beach late, and then call the game and come back. Or drive up and back on Saturday, one kind of long, but not crazy long day. Now, in a moment, we'll tell you what we did. Yeah. What do you think most people do? And, and like, we'll put right out there and it's understandable and easy Winthrop picks the hotel and Winthrop pays for the hotel so there's no cost for us associated with that and the hotel as it was again is about 20 minutes past the gym (laughs) I love that that pisses you off that is so that so infuriates you but what do you think most people would opt to do um yeah, but but you're not most people. No one suggested I was. No, I, I think uh, I understand what you're saying. I mean, there are times where I feel like, you know, you don't want to go past where you're going to to go back. But that is a particular well I rock that, that sticks in your. Craw. I don't like that. And there's a perfectly fine Hampton no. Inn right by the gym. But th- that's not the question. <laughs> that's not the question. The question is, would most people travel Friday morning, right. Friday evening, yeah. or up and back on Saturday? All right, but there's one piece to the... Well, well, there's one more piece of information for our thinking that people need to know. And that is, you had to work Friday afternoon. Right, I, I said that. Yeah, okay, I, okay, I okay, had yeah, to work yeah. from 1... 1.30 until 6 p.m. Well, I think, I think normally 
I think most people would probably, especially going to this type of destination, and the weather was fantastic. Not that we would have known that a month ago, but I think uh, probably most people would probably pick coming down Friday morning. And then you have kind of the whole... Then you have the whole day. You can go get something nice to eat. If you're doing... Like, if you're... Uh, we're the, between the hotel and the... In the, um, the hotel and the, the arena is an outlet mall. So you can do some outlet shopping. You're right on the... You know, I mean, literally, we were like two minutes from the beach. Uh, like you said, we didn't know when we made the decision that it was going to be really nice weather. Right. Because it, if, if the calculus involves... You can hang out on the beach for a few hours. Sure. That, that's a that little bit different. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we've come down a, here a lot of times oh, when the freezing. weather's been... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, hours. no doubt. Um, yeah, so I would say I would say probably if I ranked them in order, I would say um, leave Friday morning would probably be the top selection. Number two would be Friday late evening. And up and back would probably... For a one o'clock game, I think up and back would be the least desirable. And you think that's what the majority of people that's would what I, choose? I, I think that's what that would, yeah. Well, we came up last night. And it was fine. Worked out fine. I don't really like Myrtle Beach. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe that's part of the issue. No, the, the two issues for you are, one is you had to go past the hotel. I didn't like that. And you didn't want to do it in Myrtle Beach. Right. Yeah. Like, like, a lot of people come to Myrtle Beach, and they like it. And I think what they like is the beach. Is that fair? I think it's the beach. I think it's, there's a ton of, like, if you have, if you have young kids, particularly younger kids, there's a lot to do. You can keep kids entertained. Um, and there's a lot of, like, sightseeing stuff you can do. But, but but the beach is the, like let's be honest that's the that's the normal that's the attraction. If you're staying at a hotel, it, the secondary attraction might be having a pool. So if it's a windy day or if it's you know there's a lot of sharks out in the water, you can just hang out at the pool. Okay, I I, I agree with all that. I, I think that's true. But this isn't a trip with kids. This is a business trip. Now we have fun on our trips. Don't right. get me wrong. Yeah. It. The, the trips that you and I really enjoy and like, what are the elements of that? Well, let, let, let's just, just for the sake of comparison, I mean, the, the answer lies in, if we were talking about an hour and a half south, we'd be giddy with joy that where we were going. Because Charleston has all those elements of what we like. It has good food, has great attractions, and there's great scenery. There's great things to see. That You know, there's natural beauty. You know, Myrtle Beach, you could... We did a time-lapse video that's in one of our uh, videos. You can look at Winthrop Eagles, the Winthrop Eagles website or the, the Twitter feed. And we did a time-lapse video, and you could have slowed that down and looped it, and you might not yeah. know that you were, you know, duplicating. Is it, is it fair to say or is it wrong that Charleston has more character than Myrtle Beach? Oh, well, so, but, but here's the other thing. I, and I think this coincides with the, the three things that we like, you know, food, you know, food attractions and scenery, is a lot of times places that have a long history have all that. Uh, Charleston, obviously, I mean, you know, we've been to, um, you know, the, the, uh, the Battery, which is, you know, there's a lot of history there. And, of course, walking through downtown and the market and all that, and obviously the great food places. And, 
you know, then you look out at Fort Sumter. You know, Myrtle Beach was developed a long after that, so there's no, you know, there's no Fort Sumter here. There's no, you know. Now, but the scenery part, I mean, people, well, it has the scenery, but but we didn't really. I mean, we weren't staying on the beach. Right, right. I I don't. There's something. I mean, and there's decent food here. Well, that's what I was just gonna ask. I don't know that you and I together, maybe you have with your family, I, I don't know that I've ever gone, I, I, I haven't spent that much time in Myrtle Beach, but I don't know that I've ever gone to a really good meal here. I, I think there's no reason to believe that they don't have good restaurants, but I feel like in Charleston, you trip and fall oh, yeah, into a good restaurant. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could accidentally go to a good restaurant. Now, when we, so family-wise, when we come down here, and it hasn't been for the last couple of years. We go to Sunset Beach, which is probably about 45 minutes north of Conway, in on the just on the North Carolina side of the border. And but that's a totally different animal. I mean, it's it's more like a rustic beach. You know, there are some nicer restaurants. You have the you know the traditional fried calabash stuff. I mean, if you want that? We had breakfast today at a place that I would say was was fun. It was fun. It, Actually, it, I. I that was a that was a good sausage. Like the eggs, the eggs weren't overcooked. They were they were tasty. They were fluffy. Yeah, we had omelets. Yeah, I mean, and they made a perfectly fine, solid omelet. I, yeah. I, I have no complaints about the omelet, but nothing about that meal said regional cuisine or even like deluxe breakfast. Well, cuisine. that's because it was just fine. Because you went to a place on the Atlantic coast and you got a Texas omelet. Well, what should I have gotten? No, I'm just kidding. One with shrimp. No, but they did. They did. They had. That, all that I stuff. think you actually made a good point. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should have gotten. I, I, I'm trying to think of the menu. They had like 71 different omelets. 71. They did have some with, with some seafood in them. I think. Yeah, they did. They had some with shrimp, and uh, I think they made with some crab in one. Yeah. So, so maybe it was perfectly I fine. Wrong. I thought it was. It was. It was. It was good. There were a lot of them. I mean, there were. There were. Prob- I mean, I don't think you could go four blocks. Right, but the last time we ate breakfast. It was in Idaho, right? Right. The last time you yes. and I ate breakfast yeah. together was in Idaho. Yeah. It was absolutely delicious. Moscow, Idaho. It was. It, it was a terrific meal with the huckleberries and but, the... Right. I was just kidding, but two completely different types of places. One was more of a gourmet foodie type place, even though it was a breakfast stop. This was more of a, um, like a side of the road diner, get you in, get you out. Well, I, I Googled yesterday breakfast places in Myrtle Beach and I think you would agree with me that I often maybe even usually find good restaurants and I found two or three or four places several of them because the pandemic were no longer with us and there were a couple of buffets which doesn't interest me particularly during a pandemic but really never and we asked Brett Redden and he said this was the place to go and again I'm not complaining about it no it was good I thought it was good right but I feel like in Charleston, in Asheville, in the Triangle, in Charlotte, I would find places that had something, not, not even better necessarily, but more interesting. But the, to me, there's, that, that, that speaks to, like, I don't know if flair is the right word, right? But some of these places that we go to have a different vibe to it. Um, you know, this was, I mean, this was a, a diner type place that you would find right, anywhere. But I, and again, I probably only spent 15 minutes looking for breakfast places. Right. I was looking for the places that you're speaking of. Right. Do they exist in Myrtle Beach? I'm sure there's one somewhere in Myrtle Beach, but I, I, I don't, 
I don't claim to know the um, the culinary pluses and minuses of breakfast joints in Myrtle Beach. We're driving by a subway. Do you want to stop or you want to keep going? Well, I'm trying to go to They're hiring. 700 Ooh, $11 subways. $11 an hour plus tips. I'm trying to go to 700 subways I think the guy the that was handing out years. stats should work there instead of handing out stats. Huh. Because he doesn't get tips for handing out stats. Well, that's right. We had an interesting discussion on the air today. So... It's very typical, yeah. and a little bit in COVID, this went away, but it's very, very typical at media timeouts when we're broadcasting games, someone brings us a stat sheet. And it takes, you know, the referees blow the whistle, and they signal media timeout, and they print the stats, and it yeah, takes... So you've got about, I don't know, two-minute window, maybe yeah, to, to bring two, two-minute, ten-second window or something. Right, like and our commercial breaks are something like... 75 to 90 seconds so by the time I say it's you know Winthrop 8 and Coastal 6 1441 to go on the first half this is the Winthrop Sports Network powered by Founders you know now we're in commercial break we're in commercial break for a minute minute and a half two minutes whatever it is and there's about two minutes to go before the action resumes someone brings by the stats and Mike says to the person that brings by the stats, every time, thanks. Now, some of the time, though... Sometimes I give a thumbs up. Some of the time, though, the stats come after our commercials have elapsed and we're back on the air. Now, one could argue, and I think it would be a reasonable argument, that I should just keep your mic off until I want to hear you talking. So I could just have my mic right. potted up on, and I'd say, welcome back to the HTC Center. Winthrop trails 8-6, leads 8-6, 14-46 to go in the first half. And then whatever I'm going to talk about, and then now I want you to talk, or you're ready to talk, and I pot you up and you start talking. But in actuality, because someone that I trust once referred to you as a true professional, <laughs> I think we can have both of our mics up, yeah. and while we're on the air, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to stick your foot in your mouth. Right. That you're, you know, you've well, done you're this... flogging me for like one mistake in like 10,000 hours. That's true. I, 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 I fully admit that. But... <laughs> Twice, maybe three times today, while this is going on, we come back. It's 2220 Coastal Carolina, under eight minutes to go. Thanks. <laughs> That's what it sounded like on the air. <laughs> Welcome back to the HTC Center <laughs> with their trails. My two things. Well, I think I thought the first time I thought I had more time. And I think the second time I just wasn't paying attention. But. What does it mean for that person to hear you say things time and time again? What are they getting out of that? They're just getting, wow, what a really super polite person who, who appreciates me coming over every four-minute war to hand out stats. You think that? You think I they, do, I totally you think they go back and sit down and they've got a little swagger and they're like, that middle-aged white guy patted me on the ass verbally. I mean, I've had people, you know, say that. that it, it, it inspires them to keep going. Is that right? There are people that have <laughs> dreamed a dream. They, they've moved along in the profession and now they're at yeah. the very top yeah. and it was because... They handed you stats and you said because thanks? Because in, in their lowest hour of handing out stats, they needed that lift. 
That's that's I, what you think. And I do it for that one person who gets a lift out of it. So, after Mike did this a second or third <laughs> time today, I said on the air, do you think they really need that things? And we moved along from there <laughs> to... Then you thought I should be tipping the guy. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean... <laughs> that's what it is. That's yeah, what it's I got you tip. Don't, that, don't eat yellow snow. But, but 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 that's what it's akin to. No, it's not akin to that because it's an expectation. There's a different. It's a different. You know, restaurants and because you made the point about fast food. Uh, I you know, said, do you tip the guy at Chick Fil A? No. But that's not. There's not a setup for that. That's do you customer. thank him? Yeah, I do thank him. Like how? Thank like, you. you. So so you make your order. Yeah. And then I, it, I, what I do is I pull out a microphone and I say thank you, and then I put the microphone away. That's what I do. You send them the MP3. Yeah, I send them the MP3 so that they have that maybe file. A, maybe forever. MP4 if we got video of it. Right. Yeah. Mike is just a very nice person. I'm just considerate. I feel like a one thanks probably does the trick. You know, this would be, uh, and, and I know he listens to the podcast, uh, even though we don't thank him enough. But I mean, th- that's a Larry David thing. Yeah, like getting on somebody for not for doing too many thank yous, and that. But, but it's right. You do do too many thank yous. <laughs> no one needs to be thanked. The, the, that guy brings stats around ten times. If you do it once, that's a nice thing to do. If you do it a second time, that's a nice thing to do. A third time, maybe so in the second, wearing, so maybe you, in the second half, so I'm that's out good. The it, enough, enough with the thanks. <laughs> He's bringing you a piece of paper. <laughs> All right, send us your thoughts. Beardedcarcast at outlook.com. Uh, Dave's in charge of... Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. No, no, no. It. Thanks thank a you. lot for listening. We can't do this without you. This is Bearded Supported. Bearded Supported. This is listener supported. Bearded Carcast. <laughs> tired. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.